Kate Flick is here today, or Miss Flick, if you ever had her as a teacher, <laughs> which I did not, but I seen you in the hallways when I went to uh, the school you taught at um, back in the day. How are you doing, Kate? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Matt. And Thanks yes, so I, I do remember on. you. I remember seeing your face in the hallways, but I did not have the pleasure of teaching you. Would you... Do you see that often? Like, I mean, there's so many kids that come through high school. I imagine you see kids that are like vaguely familiar all the time or people, yeah. I guess. I see if I'm out and about, I see so many, like I used to be so good at like never forgetting a name and, and I'm really good with not forgetting faces, but it's getting to the point where I've been teaching for so long that it's just like, I see so many people that look familiar to me and I just am becoming bad with names. I think my brain has reached its capacity of remembering names. Yes. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Isn't there like that number of certain amount of names you can keep in your brain, like 300 or something? I think there, I really think there is because usually typically, typically teachers would have 200 students at the high school level a year because 100 first semester probably in 100 second semester so that's like a lot that's a lot of names oh yeah 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 that's crazy I worked in an after school program and there's only like 30 kids and half the time I'd be like just stalling on <laughs> some of their names even though I've been there for a while like, yeah yeah I know that's, that's me now I never thought I'd be that person but I and I hate it because I don't know it makes students you know they see you after the fact and they are excited maybe maybe excited or they're they're like, oh, do you remember me? I'm like, oh, I totally remember you. And then I'm hoping that they just don't ask me, well, then what's my name? If they ask me that, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> Say the wrong name on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you um, reached out and I appreciate that. You wanted to come on um, and you told me a little bit about your story, some of the stuff you've been through and um, kind of leading into what you're doing now in the mental health space and uh, I think it's all very cool and um, I just want to say thanks again for reaching out and you can jump right into it whatever you'd like okay um, well if I it's hard to know where to start but I guess I would say that I don't feel like growing up I was a child that was like very anxious like it wasn't maybe I was but it's not something that was talked about when you know I was growing up in school as much as it is now um, but for me, uh, anxiety kind of started to rear its ugly head after the birth of my um, first daughter. And I think I definitely had some postpartum anxiety, like maybe postpartum anxiety disorder that was never, um, never diagnosed. But I just remember being so anxious. Like I remember driving home from the hospital. I was in the back seat. My husband was driving. And I remember like putting my arms around the car seat, like, feel like trying to protect my, my newborn baby as we're driving. Like I just was so anxious that something was going to happen on that drive home from the hospital. And, right. you know, in hindsight, that's kind of, that's a, a bit abnormal, I think, but um, that anxious feeling <laughs> kind of seeped into the, in, into the early years of, of being a mother. Um, right. And, and then, uh, just moving forward the next few years, it's like, I think a lot of moms or dads, like new parents can um, maybe relate. There's just like, you're not sleeping. There's so much going on. And when you go back to work, you're trying to like work full time, take care of children, like do all these things, be kind of every, be um, so, like, I don't know, just be kind of perfect at everything. That's what I was trying to do. 
And I just started noticing my anxiety levels kind of creeping up. And I remember just being like, I remember when my second daughter was born, I remember like not sleeping much, getting up, going to school, teaching all day, coming home, and then basically starting schoolwork like soon after I got home and then working till one or two in the morning every night because I was teaching new courses. So I'd be like doing new PowerPoints every single night. Then I'd like stay up till two. Oh my gosh. Yeah, get up in the morning, do it all again. It was like Groundhog Day. And I didn't realize (laughs) it was like, it was creating this environment that was, I was just so anxious all the time. And I was drinking lots right. of caffeine to get me through and not realizing the impact it was having on my anxiety levels. Anyway, it was just almost like I was on this hamster wheel that I couldn't get off of. And I was just so anxious all the time. And, but I wasn't doing anything. Like I didn't have any coping tools really. Um, I so how did that, like, sorry to cut you off. How no, did that no. manifest itself? Like how, when you see you're anxious all the time, like what sort of, uh, what did that look like for you? For me, that was looking like I was getting a lot of chest pains. I was just feeling, I could just feel it in my body. I actually had a lot of physical symptoms to the point where I'd have like almost these, like I'd have a lot of buzzing feelings in my body, like tingling in my extremities. I'd have almost like to the point where I can't explain it. Almost felt like one of my legs was like a wooden leg. Like it sounds so weird, but it's like, I had these very strange (laughs) physical symptoms that that were, I don't know that I, that I've kind of done some research in, in, in like the last few years. And I guess it's, it was, it's the anxiety manifesting itself physically. Um, right. I was probably, my husband would probably say I was irritable. I don't know. I would guess, <laughs> but, um, I just was like, I, and I wasn't able to cope with a lot of situations. Um, so yeah, it wasn't very, it wasn't very enjoyable. Um, so you were like, just like you said, like on the hamster wheel all the time. So it was just like a constant go, 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 go. Yeah. Never really slowing down at all for anything. Never, like not a lot of self-care. I've always been very much into physical fitness. Like I've been an athlete my whole life and I did make time for physical fitness, which I'm sure saved me at, like to some extent, but, but there was no mindfulness. There was no, like my sleep hygiene was horrible. There's just a lot of things that were, I was not helping that were not helpful to my situation. Um, But yeah, I felt really trapped in my life, to be honest. And I just didn't, I felt really helpless a lot of the time and I just had no coping tools. And, and now that I have so many coping tools, yeah, I'm very passionate about sharing that knowledge with others. Um, But what happened was what took my anxiety to a whole other level was when I guess it was, it's coming up on my six year anniversary, I guess I was diagnosed with um, melanoma, um, which is the most deadly form of skin cancer. And I actually, you know, didn't know a lot about a lot about melanoma until the year prior when a, a friend of mine actually had been diagnosed with melanoma and hers was metastatic melanoma. And she actually unfortunately passed away. Um, and so well, then, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and it was a, this is a strange story, but I was at her funeral and I got this almost sign that I needed to go and get this mole checked out on my leg. And, um, I went from her funeral, I went home and called my doctor and then nobody was worried about it. Anyway, fast forward 
Um, it took almost a year for it to be taken off. And it turns out it was melanoma, which is crazy. And wow. anyway, yeah, it was, that was pretty crazy. I felt like it was a sign from her, like kind of, I see her as my guardian angel now. Um, but yeah, with the melanoma, it just basically took every, all the anxiety that I was dealing with for the last like number of years. And it just, it, it just took it to a level. Like I just couldn't cope. Like it just, it, it pretty much destroyed me. Um, I had to have like a surgery and like a pretty extensive surgery that like operate operated on three parts of my body, but I had to have like a wide excision on my lower left leg and I had to have a skin graft and there was like a hundred staples. It was pretty, pretty gross. It's actually healed pretty good, but um, it was pretty gross. Um, and I had to have lymph nodes okay. removed. And what happened was um, I had to wait after I had my surgery, I had to wait 10 days to find, to get the results of my lymph node biopsy and my lymph node biopsy, if it came back that the cancer was in my lymph nodes, then it wouldn't have been a very good prognosis um, because at that time they couldn't treat, melanoma was just treated through surgery. It doesn't respond to chemo or radiation. Um, so okay. was, yeah, so I, I was, I just remember my husband took a week off work to look after me Then he had to go back to work. And then he's, so he has had to take me to my parents' house because I couldn't really walk or do anything. And I just remember sitting in my parents in a recliner at my parents' house, like, and just all day being literally consumed with anxiety, like couldn't, all I did was think about like what was going to happen with those test results. And if I was going to see my kids grow up, like all these terrible thoughts. And I was just right. like, literally consumed with anxiety. And, um, my mom, who's like dealt with a lot of chronic illness her whole life has, has many coping tools. She's tr had tried to tell me some of them and I was not really open to it until this, like, this was like my rock bottom. And right. she, she said, um, I think you need to try tapping. And I always was like tapping. That's what is that? That's so out there. That's woo woo. I don't want to try. <laughs> like I, I wasn't very open-minded at the time. And now I'm very, very, very open-minded. Um, anyway, I just remember her taking me into, into the bedroom. I laid down on the bed beside my mom and she took me through. And if anybody doesn't know what tapping is, it's like, it's called EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique. And what it is, is, um, it takes, um, from chi uh, traditional Chinese medicine, um, it, it takes the aspects of acupressure, which is like acupuncture, um, where you're accessing your energetic meridians in your body. Um, by putting pressure on these energy meridians with your fingers, not with needles, it's acupressure. And then combining that with almost cognitive behavioral therapy, it combines the two and it can help really, it, it can lower your cortisol levels, your stress hormone in your body. Actually, there's research. I'm very passionate about tapping. There's research from Harvard that showed that like an hour of tapping versus an hour of talk therapy, um, they measured, they did a cell, um, they, they did a, uh, a test that measures the cortisol in your saliva and it reduced, I think on average, 24% in people and up to like 40, 44%, I think in some individuals, whereas the talk therapy didn't reduce the cortisol at all in people's okay. saliva. So it's, it just is pretty, and I mean, talk therapy is <clears throat> wonderful. And, you know, I think that, that that's a great tool to have in your toolkit but I thought it was just so cool that this EFT tapping could actually lower the cortisol in your body. Like how cool is that? I think it's really cool. And I think it's, uh, 
it's probably like a physical release whereas like the talk therapy is more of like a long-term like slowly figuring out like your mental health that's totally yeah like over talk therapy has so many benefits but it's something that you need to do probably you can you won't see the results right away but it's like gradual i'm sure yes yeah yeah and it's yeah i really enjoy the tapping because you can notice a difference right away and i just remember laying on that bed with my mom she took me through some rounds of tapping and i it was like i felt a difference in my body and i felt i felt relief and it was like the first time well since i'd probably been diagnosed with cancer that i felt that relief and it was just right. like unbelievable really wow yeah so and it happened to be um nick ortner if anybody's interested in tapping i love nick ortner he has this tapping summit it's free i think it's in february actually um every year and it happened to be going on it's a whole week and so every day i get dropped at my parents house and and i do all this this these new tapping meditations were released every day so we did them and it just made so much difference in my mental health um in that time waiting for my test results and i mean I did find out, spoiler alert, I'm cancer free. And I found out that, you know, there's no cancer in my lymph nodes. So it was amazing. Um, but through this experience, it just opened my eyes to all the different modalities and coping techniques out there. And I just became so passionate about um, personal development, like bettering my mental health and like sharing that with other people, because it just, it's, it's so important. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I think it's so cool too. Like sometimes how, when we go through, through, uh, like oftentimes when you go through something like that adversity or just like a, a, a life event that seems very negative at the time and how it can often lead to something like a new perspective that you never would have, um, you never would have realized on without that. Oh yeah, totally. Like cancer, cancer is my greatest teacher. It's, honestly the best thing that it's the best thing that ever happened to me and I know that sounds like I don't know I'm sure other like maybe cliche but it's like so if anybody who's had cancer and if you're lucky enough to be cancer free I think most people I think a lot of people would tell you that you know that it's had it's just taught me so much and it put me on a different path and a healthier path and made me it made me deal with my mental health issues that I was kind of stuffing down stuffing down maybe dealing with with um dealing with my anxiety in healthy ways and it, it forced me to take a look at myself in the mirror and make some positive changes right so so you get the news that you're cancer free and um, where do you go from there um well you know most people would think oh you're cancer free and then everything is happy and your life is awesome to be honest uh i think and this is something I'd also be interested in doing in the future is providing support to cancers post like their cancer free. Um, I don't know the news that they're cancer free because you think it's like this awesome time, but it's, there's so much to process. Like I had so many doctor's appointments to go to. And then I had this new anxiety of like every little thing that I noticed in my body, I would like, and then I was noticing all these new moles that seemed to be coming out of nowhere. And it's just like, I had to go get all these extra checkups and there's a lot of anxiety post cancer even if you don't have the cancer in your body you're just afraid of it coming back and so yeah. so I yeah yeah i imagine 
Yeah. It There'd would. always be that constant fear in the back of your head. Like I had it once, maybe I could have it again. Yeah, totally. And then you go down the rabbit hole sometimes of like, I don't know, just like researching things too much. And anyway, I started to also, I started to have these issues with my leg that I had surgery on and I was being looked at for lymphedema, which is if you've had lymph nodes removed, this lymphedema can happen that it impairs your lymphatic system and it can cause swelling and pain. And like, and so I was noticing pain and swelling in my leg. And I almost became like obsessed with like healing my leg. So I would, I did all the conventional medicine, medicine routes. Like I was going to the hospital to see a specialist, a lymphedema specialist, all these things, and nothing was helping my leg. So I started to try some alternative modalities and it's funny, I was on this quest to heal my leg, but in the process, I realized, oh my gosh, like healing is not just physical. Like I think anybody with anxiety, you need to like, there's just so much healing that needs to be done like emotionally and healing yeah. things from our past. And I remember I went to Re a Reiki appointment. I don't know if you're familiar with Reiki. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, maybe we could explain it for, I mean, you could explain, it. I don't know very well, yeah. but Reiki is a Japanese, um, healing modality that is accessing your energy, your energy meridians, kind of like the tapping in some ways, but, um, it's, um, it's basically can be used to kind of realign, get yourself realigned to kind of clear your energy. And like, I went to my first Reiki appointment um, uh, my Reiki masters, her name is Nancy Monahan. She's in Prince Edward Island and she is unbelievable. She literally changed my life. And, um, anyway, I went to my appointment, not knowing what I was, I was doing it for my leg and not realizing the impact it would have on my mental health. Like that was a game changer for my mental health is, is having Reiki done. I can't, I can't even explain it, but, um, it's, it's just, it's so healing. And to the point where now I went over the quarantine, I got certified and now I'm a level two practitioner. And I hope in the next couple of years to become a Reiki master. Um, but it's just such a powerful, if anybody's suffering from anxiety or stress or depression, it's just, I highly recommend che checking out Reiki. It's so healing. Could you explain a little bit of how like it, it goes, like when you go in for an appointment? Oh. So if you go in, like it can be done long distance. And I mean, I, since I was certified, I, um, I've, I like will do Reiki for my friends, like long distance, like you can connect because it's all through energy. It's an energetic, um, modality. So I, I will send Reiki to my friends. Um, I'm not, I'm not doing my own services. Like right now I'm just working on some other things, but I plan to, I don't know. I, in the future, I would like to be doing um, Reiki appointments, but when I go to Nancy, who I haven't been to since quarantine, but she'll, you go in, you lay down almost kind of like on a massage table and it's not, it's every Reiki practitioner is probably different, but it's like, it can be either hands-on. It would be very gentle where you're, there's different positions in Reiki on the body where you're clearing the energy or it can be hands off where your hands are hovering above the person. Um, but it can, it, it's just, it's very hard to explain, but afterwards you feel like you've had such an amazing massage, but it's not like you just feel 
just balanced, calm, relaxed. Like it's just the most relaxing thing, but it's literally just very gentle hands on, or you can request it to be hands off if you want. Um, but it's, it's channeling this, this kind of life force energy being channeled and to help balance kind of your rebalance, your chakras to help you get aligned. And it's honestly, I, again, I wasn't the type of person, like, it's weird because I'm into all this stuff now. And if you would have talked to me like five years ago, I'd be like, what is all this? Like this stuff is crazy, but now it's changed my life so much and it's opened me up that right. it's just, I'm so passionate about it. Right. Yeah, I know. That's funny. Yeah. It's funny how, um, yeah, how that happens like over time, like how your mind opens to things when, when it helps you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I never would have thought if you'd have told me some of the stuff I'm doing now, like five years ago, I would have said you're crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> if, if it works and it helps you, I want to help other people. So, so yeah. Um, but yeah, after I went back to work, I was just, yeah, feeling, still feeling anxiety. I was worried about my leg. So I started embarking on this journey of like trying all these modalities. I became, I've always been really into health and wellness, but I decided um, I want to take it to another level. So I went, decided to go part-time at work um, three years ago and um, to get, I became certified to be a holistic health coach. And I got my training at the integrative or the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Um, so I'm a health coach now. Very cool. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed that program. Um, and yeah, so now I teach in the mornings and now I'm running a health coaching business in the afternoons. Um, and so what's that like health, as far as health coaching, like for you, like what's the main, what is that like if I, if someone goes to you? for um, your services? Well, I actually haven't opened up to one-on-one. -on -one. It's strange. I launched a program, which is just finishing up, but I haven't opened to one-on-one -on -one clients, which is probably a little bit, maybe I'm doing it in reverse. I just wanted to help as many people as I could. Um, but uh, I, I'm thinking of opening to one-on-one -on -one clients. I just haven't fully made that decision. Um, but if, 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 you, if I was taking one-on-one -on -one clients, it would be um it really depends it can be very tailored to what you're looking for we would be doing kind of a survey on your uh, your whole life and looking at all aspects of your life and seeing what's out of balance and then we would be making some goals um to help improve the different you know the areas of your life that seem to be out of balance and we would we would work each week um or perhaps every second week um to like it'd be a place for a person to talk about their challenges. And also I would be giving guidance in, in the different areas for group coaching. I just had a program called chaos to calm and it was a group, a, a group coaching uh, container that I led and we explored. It's basically everything I learned to get my anxiety under control is like what I taught in this group. And it was, we did, EFT tapping, we did meditation, breath work, which I'm very passionate about and the meditation and breath work. Um, I'm going to be certified to be a breath work and meditation teacher next month. Um, very cool. We, yeah. And I can't wait. For, I'm very excited because I, I love, I do the meditation and breath work with my students every day and I, and, and it's made positive impacts on them. Um, 
they've given me such great feedback and I just want to keep sharing that with as many people as possible. Um, and uh, we talk about nutrition, sleep hygiene, which is huge. Um, all like so many aspects of like self-care boundaries. These are all different coaching calls that I've done with my group. And um, I am planning on running another group probably in the next month or two. I'm not positive on a start date, but um, I am planning on relaunching that program again. That's very cool. Very, very cool. And uh, we were talking before the podcast, I was telling you how I'm, uh, I'm a personal trainer. So there's a little bit of overlap of things that I would help my clients with as well. Um, but I think that really you're touching on like, uh, I think a huge gap in like the, the health of the average person today. Totally. And I think like there's a big gap, like where, you know, like with uh, nutrition and boundaries and mindfulness and um, relationships and anxiety and depression and how to deal with it. And, um, you know, these mental health, uh, tools. And, um, I just think it's really cool what you're doing because, you know, it's so, so, so common, um, that people don't have the tools or even the understanding, like life can be so confusing, like kind of how you mentioned where there's so much going on, you're on a hamster wheel and so many people are on a hamster wheel, you know, they're just going and going and going and going and going. And they're not even thinking about, you know, what's actually going on and how they might be able to address it. Exactly. And that's how I felt. I just felt really helpless. So I tried to create a program that I, I would have benefited from or that I needed like however many years ago, like 12 years ago, or even, even like six years ago, I would have benefited from this program, but and I've spent the last number of years just like, I'm, I'm a teacher because I'm a lifelong learner. Like I, I literally love to learn. That's all, like, I just wanna read all the books. I wanna do all the research. I just, I don't know what it is. I love learning. So I spend all my time researching all of these things because I'm just passionate about it. And, and I really just wanna share it with other people because I want them to feel how good I feel now because there was a time where I didn't feel like this. And and I think back to that version of myself and I just want to help, help her. And so that kind of just drives me to want, I just want to spread the word. That's beautiful. Um, is that anything, is that something that uh, you've ever brought up or, or worked on people with is, is, is learning or becoming like a lifelong learner? No, you mean in my coaching group? Yeah. No, that's a good just like, yeah, I never, no, that's not anything I've touched on, but that's a good idea. <laughs> I um, gotta write this down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, David Raman, um, he's an author from the UK, was on the show a couple of weeks ago and he just is coming out with a new book. I definitely recommend it. It's called Let It Go. And um, he sent me the first couple of chapters and uh, I read them and I'm, I'm one topic on there, it was very interesting. And I, I think about this a lot is um the importance of learning new things and being like a sponge constantly learning um and how we often think of you know it's funny like we often think of our childhood as like the best time in our lives right but that's also the best the the um the time we learn the most when is anything more new than when you're a child everything's new everything's magic and like you know we've all had those shitty jobs but the first two weeks are awesome because you're learning, you know, you're all excited because you're learning new things about it. And 
you know, vacations, we also think like vacations are like the best times, but it's also like you're learning new things. You're in a new culture, you're learning new language. And it just was really fascinating to me that, um, and it goes, it plays into like personal development and learning all these things about your own mental health and learning about yourself. But it's like, just, I think that's super important for people. I love that. I actually never thought about that before. Um, that is, is such a cool perspective. Yeah, it is really important. And it's like exciting. I don't know. I just find learning so exciting and bettering myself to be the best version of myself. Like that's, that's just what I strive for every day to learn something new so I can be better in some way. Um, and I don't know. I love that perspective though. I hadn't really thought about it that way, how it ties into your mental health. I haven't really thought about it much either until I read it. And I've heard like snippets of people kind of talking about it before, but it just makes like so much sense to me, sense to me put in that way. And, uh, like, it's just so true. And I think it plays into kind of, um, like where like mental health today, because I don't know, like, I just think if you're not learning, you become stagnant. And I think from a stagnant place, that's when things start to go awry. Usually. Totally. I totally agree. And like when you were talking about your childhood or, or how child about child, your childhood and you're learning new things, it made me think of a big part of my healing journey has been um, just kind of becoming aware of my subconscious patterns. And like, I don't know if listeners, how much they're aware of like, just like that our subconscious programming, those first seven years of our lives are like, they, we are a sponge even if we're not like it, everything that's happening around us, we're downloading into our subconscious for those first seven years. And then that subconscious patterning is in, uh, affecting the rest of our lives. Like the way I'm showing up today and, you know, a lot of us are on autopilot and we're being, it's these subconscious beliefs and patterns that are manifesting themselves in our, in our adult lives. And so a lot of my healing and research has been about becoming more conscious, becoming more aware and, and just becoming, yes. becoming aware of, and that's what mindfulness has brought me because I'm very much into meditation, but just being aware of my triggers, being aware of my emotions. Like, why did I react in, in this way, in this situation? And just being, just bringing consciousness to my everyday life, because many people don't realize that they're literally operating from like from all of these things that happened to them in the first seven years of their lives and for some people even if you had a great childhood there's a lot of um self-limiting beliefs etc that yeah, are yeah. yeah that are keeping you stuck and keeping you you know yeah just keep keeping you somewhere where you don't want to be so uh, and they can be tied to your mental health and your anxiety if especially if you had trauma and you know what i think i personally believe we all have had childhood trauma it doesn't have to be this huge childhood trauma i feel like we all have little traumas and we have to it, it's working through those as adults and processing those becoming consciously aware and that leads yeah. to your healing but yeah anyway. no i 100 agree with that and that's actually interesting that's something that uh david talks about in the book too is like i think it's 95 percent of the brain is subconscious yeah. And Isn't then 5% it conscious. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. It's like, so we're on autopilot all day long. And mm -hmm. it's like, that's why to get our power back. That's why we need these techniques like breath work and meditation is that those are the times when we're, you know, you're actually in the present moment and you're, you're consciously aware of these things. And 
that's why I love breath work. And um, I'm so excited to get certified. I do different breath work techniques with my students um, and for myself, but I'm excited to like bring it to a whole other level because breath, your breath is so it's unconscious, it's involuntary, but by bringing awareness to something that's unconscious and making it conscious, I taking control of your breath can actually like help you take control of your life. I know that sounds out there and crazy, but it's like breath work is so powerful, so powerful. Yes. No, I agree hundred percent. I mean, I haven't uh, delved into it yet as much as you by far, but it's, um, it's very, very important. It's been very beneficial to me. And um, yeah, like, I love what you're saying about like, just becoming aware and becoming conscious, you know, and then that's kind of like what I was saying about being stagnant. It's like, we're all just so like, I think now in today's society as well with like uh, technology and the way things are set up, you can just become so like automated and not aware. And it's like, you know, five years go by and you're just doing the same thing, you know? So true. We get, just like you said, yeah, you're on the hamster wheel. You're just doing, you're still scrolling. You're still doing the same things. And it's like, oh, like you're just on autopilot. And it's like, how, it's getting yourself out of that, getting off the hamster wheel. And I do believe that, it's, it's becoming conscious and, and just starting, starting small, but like with some incorporating some form of mindfulness into your everyday life and just becoming more conscious, it can change your life. It literally changed mine. Like I'm a, I'm a whole different person than I was six years ago. Like I don't recognize myself in some ways. Um, and, and it's because of conscious awareness and mindfulness. And anyway, I'm very grateful. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think, uh, like, you know, it's never too late either. No, it's definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. Yeah. It, it, it can do it at any age. Um, yeah, I'm 41. I forget how old I am. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I wish I had discovered this earlier and that's why I'm passionate about teaching my students all of these coping techniques because, you know, I'm sure, some people are like, you meditate every day. Isn't that wasting time in the curriculum? I don't care what anybody says. That is so important for my students. And they, and, and it's just creating that habit. We just meditate for like three to five minutes every day, but it's, it's teaching them that conscious awareness and just, just focusing on their breath. And, and I know it's making a positive impact. They've told me, and I mean, not for everyone, I'm sure. And I know some people have a lot of resistance and it's hard for them. And I, and You're I right, that. Yeah. But, and if anybody's starting out, if you try it and you resist it, believe me, I am like, I used to be, used to be the teacher who ran around the hallways, like a crazy person. I was rushing all the time. And I am a very like kinesthetic person. <laughs> I don't like to be sitting still. I remember um, seeing you in yeah. high school with like, you had like a cart. I knew you were like going to say that. Shitload of stuff on the cart. <laughs> Every time between classes, you're just like motor going. with with heels running with cart. Oh yeah. yeah, I've hit students before. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. No, not purposely. Um, no, I was that crazy cart lady. I knew you were going to bring up the cart. Um, that's how people knew me. It's a crazy cart lady. I mean, I still have a cart, but and I, yeah, I probably am still crazy, but I'm not. I'm not super anxious at least. Um, but why did I even bring that up? I don't even know why I brought that up. Oh, you're anyway. saying that you are super energetic and you were resistant at first oh, to yeah. meditation. 
yeah and so I am not the type of I'm not a zen person like I'm not this quiet calm person at all like I I think I have ADD like I'm just very highly distracted and I had a lot of resistance starting a mindfulness and meditation practice so much resistance but then I started very small set my timer for three minutes a day and it's just like it's overcoming your brain is going to you're is going to show like going to tell you not to do it you're going to have resistance and it's overcoming that resistance that builds resilience and that and yes you if you struggle with mental health resilience is so important because that like you need to be resilient and you need to if you have anxiety you can't just run away from your problems all the time like that's 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 not a good coping strategy we need to build resilience in people who have Mm -hmm. any mental health issues so me showing up for myself every day and then i I, I could gradually increase my meditation practice, but it was, it was a game changer. And like, that's it. Everybody has to start small. Like you start, yeah. you start small. Don't try to meditate for half an hour. Don't try to do all these. You're going to probably abandon that routine. I'm sorry to say, start really small. And then incrementally you can, if you wish, add some more time, but um, just be, just don't be over ambitious with it. Yeah. Or you, you know, just like you would know with people, who have all these fitness goals and you know the new year's resolutions people go want to go all out and then they they burn out and they they're of, gone by february right and yeah so, no i talk about that a lot that's exactly and i you know i discuss that with my clients and it's, it's the exact same thing of what you're saying that it doesn't matter if it's like nutrition or exercise or or mindfulness or anything in life you know whether you're starting a new skill or it could be like career like you have to just do small digestible steps totally and then do it over time. You're always playing the long game and not the short game, right? You're not going to lose 20 pounds this week, but you might lose 30 pounds this year. So let's just take it one day at a time. It's so true. And it's, and that's what worked for me. And I find that it, that's what I'm trying to do with my students is just do those. And I hope that, you know, my semester is coming to an end next week. I can't believe it. It went by so fast. I will miss these, my, my family life students so much, but I'm hoping that they will carry this habit into their, into the second semester. Um, I'm hoping a lot of them will, but we will, we will see, but it's just introducing people to, to um, mindfulness is just, I think so important in this, in this hectic, crazy world. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I really like what you said too, about like just resilience and like taking the time for yourself and uh it's a topic that comes up here, like filling up your glass first before you, you can't pour from an empty glass. But I really like the saying, um, like discipline equals freedom. Mm, so again, like that. if it's, even if it's a small action, like it doesn't matter, like that's your baseline, right? And you just do that every day for yourself. And um, it's amazing where it can go I if you're resilient that. with it. I love that. I never heard discipline do you say discipline equals freedom or is yeah. freedom? Yeah, I love that. That that is so true. And that's how, yeah, I, I'm very much about routines and my morning routine and my night routine. And that's it's it's discipline, but it gives me so much in return. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Right. And sometimes I think it's just smart starting small too. Like, you know, like uh like as far as like not even working towards maybe the like the goal, maybe just start with like like it all starts with what time, like waking up at a certain time, like make your bed, brush your teeth, like putting that stuff on the list first and then go towards like, take care of the small stuff first and the small stuff end up being the big stuff. 
big time. And even that whole thing about making your bed, like I never, I'm so messy. I never used to make my bed. And then I read about the importance of it. And it is so true. Just making your bed. It's just one thing you have like, like checked, you know, off your to-do list. It just makes you feel accomplished. And then it makes you want to do more. It is actually, it works for me anyway. Yeah. I think it works for, uh, I think it works for a lot of people. Something that comes up here a lot too, is just the daily checklist. I think it's super important. I love that. Yeah. Anything with a routine, I think is so important having some type of a routine and structure. Yes. Routine structure. It's um, very important for mental health for sure. Um, Where, where does that um, bring you to now? Uh, What are your plans for the future? Um, Well, yeah, moving forward. I mean, I think I'll continue to uh, work like I love teaching absolutely love teaching high school teenagers so much so I'll probably continue to teach part-time but I just love also having like my little new business kind of um having that in the health coaching so I hope to do like I mentioned earlier another chaos to calm group coaching program in the next probably month or two and um yeah become a Reiki master and just kind of keep diving more deeply into, I don't know, my, I continue, we all have our own healing journey and I don't know that you ever stop healing. So just to continue to work on myself and, and yeah, like I said, the meditation, getting my meditation and breathwork certification, I think I might, I don't know, I'll see what happens, but maybe even doing some live meditation and breathwork classes um, on zoom or something like that. I could see myself offering something like that, but yeah, I'm not positive. That'd be really cool. I think that would yeah. be really beneficial. Yeah, I'm thinking we'll, we'll see. The training is, I think it's eight weeks. So yeah, I'll see how I feel after that. But that's something that I'm thinking of anyway. That's very cool. Um, and how would people, what would be the best way to find you if um, people would like to? Uh... You can find me. I have, I have a Facebook group that I'm not very, uh, I barely post anything on but i do have some information i believe about the chaos to calm it's called holistic flick wellness <laughs> flick spelled f-l-i-c-k and then i have um the instagram that i'm on the most would be at oracle lightworker and i do like lots of stuff with oracle cards and some spiritual stuff on there um but I like to talk a lot about boundaries um, in my stories. And also I'm very much into nature therapy, like forest bathing and like being out in nature because that had a huge impact on my mental health is like moving my body in nature. Um, and Me like, too. Had, Me too. really? Yeah. Um, do you know about forest bathing? You heard about it? No. What, what is that? It's like a Japanese, the Japanese are very brilliant people. It's Japanese. Um, it's called Shin. Is it Shin? Oh, I should have looked this up before I came. Shin, Shin Yokru. Oh, I don't even know the word, but um, they, the uh, Japanese coined the term forest bathing. And they're apparently from evergreen trees. There's like natural chemicals that are released and they're known to actually have, like they've done studies and they have an effect on your mental health and to, um, just help reduce anxiety and stress levels. And that's one thing that I, I realized, like when I was, when I was very anxious, I didn't realize that I was spending so much time indoors 
and humans are not meant to be indoors like we are meant to be outside in the elements um but yeah. now i forget what the percentage of time we spend indoors it's like really Really yeah i think it's something like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so i try to in the last couple of years it's like I, I have to like a non-negotiable for me is getting outside every day in nature regardless of the elements and going for a walk and or a run uh, mostly mostly a walk but i go I do the same thing you do the same isn't it every the day best? yeah it is, it's like it's a game changer and so many people I just want to tell them like, just get out in nature and move your body. Like you will not regret it. Like I'm so passionate about it. And usually lately I've been doing it. I get up at like 4:45. I go to bed. I'm like a grandma. I go to bed in the eights, like eight, <laughs> eight, like last night, my Fitbit said eight 27. I was asleep. I'm like, I'm such a, um, such a party animal. Um, <laughs> I love to get up crazy. This is I know I'm crazy. I love to get up early and like walk and it doesn't matter what the temperature is or if it's raining or if it's snowy, it's just, you feel so much better. I, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. I found a huge, huge benefit in that too. Like I just, for me, it was like, I went through, um, you know, a hard time like four or five years ago. That was why I made this podcast. It was like, um, just going out every single day and then, I would always feel a little bit better after totally. and it didn't matter. Like, um, you know, sometimes I would be there for, for a half hour. Sometimes I'd be for like three hours and it would just, I'd always feel better after. And I, I do it to this day and there's something empowering. And it's kind of what we've been talking about with taking that time for yourself. Um, and also like, it doesn't matter. You have to be resilient in, in our climate. Like it doesn't, like you said, if it's raining or, you know, or whatever. It's just, it doesn't matter. Just get up, do it. You're going to survive and you'll feel a lot better after. So I totally, totally agree. It's a, it's been, it's been the best thing I think that I've been, well, I shouldn't say the best. There's so many good things, but it's one of my, I look forward to it every single day, every day. And resilience. Do you ever do cold? Do you ever do cold therapy? I was into cold showers for a while. Yeah, I do. I have an infrared sauna. So my nightly routine is sauna and then an ice cold shower afterwards which is good for yeah building that resilience for the stress response and yeah so that's that's part of my nightly routine but um, it feels amazing i used to do it all the time in the gym just it, go in the sauna and go right to cold shower it does feel good it's sometimes i don't want to do it and it's just getting over <laughs> it's getting over the mental like just overcoming yeah. it's again the resistance and overcoming yeah. that and when you overcome it you build resi resilience anyway I, yeah I love that too. Yeah. It's always uh, hard to convince your mind that I want to get in a cold shower right now. Yeah. <laughs> the only way I can do it is if I, I tried to do it. It's really hard for me to do it. If I don't take a sauna, like just go straight into a cold. I, I'm better to do it. If I have a sauna first, I'm just, I can be a wimp, but now I'm, <laughs> but I'm becoming less of a wimp with the cold. Now that I do these practices, I, yeah, I'm, I'm less of a wimp. <laughs> Yeah, you just keep on building, building the tolerance, building the <laughs> the resilience. Yep. Um. So, I just want to say thanks so much for uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. It was great. Um, I'm gonna send you some salts from our sponsor. So oh, we have uh, <laughs> four different kinds of uh, seed salts here. This is from the uh, 
Prince Edward Island Sea Salt Company. So um, 40% of all proceeds go to mental health programming on PEI. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. No problem at all. Um, but everybody, uh, everybody go check them out. Go check out um, the Oracle Lightworker on Instagram. And um, what was your page called on Facebook again? Uh, Holistic Flick Wellness. And I think if you want to know about my Chaos the Calm program that's coming up in the Oracle Lightworker, there's a link in my bio and you can access the details about the program. And then there's an application form. And then you should be able to access the same on my Facebook group, even though it hasn't been updated in a while. Um, yeah, you should be able to find the information there or just send me a DM and I'll get back to you if you're interested. Right. Awesome. Check it out. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Matt. Have a great day. Woo! <laughs>